go. Okay, well, welcome everyone to an episode of SAM Podcast. Um, we have myself, Sheldon Monroe, and Lee Vossen as our hosts today. And we are so excited to have Amanda Forbes, the president of the Children's Health Defense Fund Canada, join us. Amanda, thank you. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me here today. Awesome. So we're going to get into to a little bit about your background here in just a second there. But we, we want to start off by asking, what is the, the Children's Health Defense Fund? How did it get started? What's the organization's goal and, 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 and purpose? Well, um, Children's Health Defense Canada is a not-for-profit organization here in Canada, our chapter, obviously, and our mission has always been to end childhood health epidemics by working aggressively to eliminate um, all kinds of harmful exposures and toxins, and at this point, I almost want to say childhood abuses i mean we're, we're we're trickling into that area at this point now and to hold those responsible accountable and establish safeguards to prevent future future harm you know we fight corruption we mass surveillance censorship that puts profits before people as well as advocate for wor worldwide rights to health freedom and bodily autonomy so that's that is our mission in a nutshell um, yeah. And you, you mentioned it was a Canadian chapter. So it originally started in, in the States, if I'm I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? It did. It did. Okay. I originally started with the organization in the States. Um, but before that, I started with the Vaxxed team. So I'm not sure if you guys were able to catch the movie Vaxxed and Vaxxed 2. But I, I, I am mm -hmm. the founder of Vaxxed Canada as well. So that's where it, it kind of all comes together. Polly, mm -hmm. Tommy and the Vax crew, they're all, they're great friends of mine. And, you know, when um, Vax One came out, there weren't very many reinforcements at the time. Um, mm -hmm. It was, it was very, um, <laughs> there were people scattered all over the country but there was a lot of hesitancy in speaking about vaccine injury. So mm -hmm. my youngest is, she survived vaccine injury. We almost lost her at her infant shot, her very first one. And then dumb enough, I took her back again, even though I was terrified and I knew what I saw with my own eyes. I thought I was going to kill her and I couldn't live with that. So I took her back, delayed, did it again. And she stopped looking at us. The screaming wouldn't stop. She stopped sleeping altogether. Uh, her knees came up into her, her belly right away and real tears started coming out of her eyes at that, at that age. So, you know, after the second one, you know, fool me once, shame on, shame mm -hmm. on you whatnot. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a big eye opener. And I, I tell people this all the time when they tell me their stories, it always takes a trigger or a trauma to understand and awaken from the trance that we're in the indoctrinated trance and, and the fear that we're living in. Um, again, I, I can tell you, I lived in fear for many years because I stopped every shot right after that until I had read enough to make myself comfortable with my own decision. And um, what I realized was we were getting played as a society. We were guinea pigs all around. The safety studies aren't even done on the childhood vaccines. Mm -hmm. So that was where my advocacy started was back in 2014. Now I'm mad, <laughs> right? Because it's I, 
it's personal and I am matter. I, I don't even know what to do with that anger. So I said, you know what, you can sit here and be a victim and play victim because your child was a victim mm-hmm. or you can get up, you can use your big girl voice and you can help other people realize what's happening. And like I said, back in 2014 to 2016, that was unheard of because the attacks were just vile the hatred was just vile right like I had death threats against me and my children and my family for speaking out and I was one of the first people to actually put my face out there on a regular occurrence through the vaxxed interviews and whatnot right so it was scary but it was necessary that's so brave and I, I know we a lot of the SAM members know very well just sort of the vitriol you can get for speaking your mind. Um, so so we understand. Can you tell us a bit about your role and like what you do sort of on a day-to-day basis in or like with the children's children's health defense and um yeah, how what you guys do, your actions? Yeah. Um, well, it, it kind of like I said, amalgamated from the Vaxxed team because uh Polly went over and started uh, CHD TV, which is uncensored uh, uh, TV channels with doctors and lawyers and all kinds of stuff. Like it's just a fabulous channel and resource to have. And uh, she said, listen, here's the thing. You work for Bobby now. (laughs) So I was like, okay, where, where do we begin? What do we do? What do we, you know, I'm, I'm on board. If I can help one person I'm in. So um, that's kind of where it started. And uh, I went and spoke at the at Parliament Hill back in 20, right, it was right in the beginning, it was the end of August, I know that. So it had to have been 2021, 2021. Yeah. And uh, wow, I, I sorry, my dates are all screwed up. <laughs> this has been a long three years, my friends. <laughs> I hear you. We hear you. It was in the beginning and it was cold and it was raining and they didn't like it and they shut it down. Okay. But um, yeah, it, it's just, you know, we came out of the gate kicking. And uh, like I said, we, we, we push that anger into something that can be productive. That's something that can be used for humanity mm-hmm. and hopefully opening eyes and bringing people together. That's my goal. That's my mm-hmm. goal to, to, to end the division between yeah. everything in Canada and just come together as, a, as mm-hmm. and unify as a country, you know, what it's meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well put. Yeah. It's so, so just to get a good understanding, you'd mentioned working for Bobby, this is Bobby Kennedy Jr. If I'm not yes, mistaken. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, don't worry. <laughs> okay. So, you know, Bobby had a really phenomenal career as an environmental lawyer for many, many years. And, and then it also sounds like that this Andrew Wakefield, and, and who was the main sort of feature of the film Vax, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really for, for um, thinking from my own memory, broke the seal of this kind of massive explosion. Even major celebrities were talking about that film and, and, and the impact uh, vaccines they believe vaccines had had on their own children. Robert De Niro is a very well-known example of this. Um, Jim Carrey is another big one. And, and so this really began this discussion. And yeah, the hatred was just shocking. It's, it was kind of unbelievable to see the reactions because it was really based on incredibly good intention, even if you disagreed with the content. The intention was was for good, is what it seemed. 
So did this, you know, Vax, the Vax series and the Vax team kind of help begin what began the Child Children's Health Defense Fund? It was that was that one of the, well, the kind of I know there was a sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I know there was a lot of um a lot of, of protests going on in the states at the time. Vax was a big kicker with regards to it. Um it, it kind of became mainstream once Vax came out and once De Niro made it make headlines, right? And and when it was in Tribeca, and it probably would have went away if they hadn't pulled it but they pulled it and it piqued everybody's curiosity so that's when sparks flew and i mean we all know what happened to andy and 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 i'm the first one to admit that before all of this i was like these people are crazy you're not (laughs) vaccinating your child you're gonna kill your kid what 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 and then well bam one day it just happens to me and i'm like oh i've heard these stories before holy cow you know, and you feel like the biggest schmuck on earth. And, you know, I just, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a big, and like you said, Bobby um, with his environmentalism and whatnot, that's kind of where it started with the mercury, right? But these moms were coming up to him and saying, you know, you're worried about mercury and fish, but you're not worried about mercury and your kids' vaccines. Like, my kid was fine one minute and then they stuck him with this and now they're autistic or dead or SIDS or and on and on and on and on and on right so it really made him think because everywhere he was going now he was getting these moms coming up to him saying the same thing and that's what triggered children's health defense incredible an amazing man an amazing fellow I, I just got a just quick follow-up on that because when we get into COVID I mean, there must be a real concern. I mean, from everything you'd seen, all everything you'd read, that something else could come down the pipes here. Not in so much of a, a doomsday kind of view, but that, that at least the medical system has, has vulnerabilities, major vulnerabilities, and that in, individuals can can be harmed by some of these these pharmaceutical products. And, and so when COVID comes into the situation, is there already a lot of kind of trepidation around it and in the initial uh, reports and everything like that? Yeah, I'd like to call them (laughs) biases. Right. And I learned that firsthand while I premiered Vax 2 across Canada and interviewed people. And the reason, excuse me, the reason I can tell you that is because we were trailed by public health through the entire premiere across every province in this country. Okay. We would book some some places we had to book six or seven different venues because public health was watching for where we were going like whether it be a hotel a restaurant a theater you name it we had to get really secretive at the end there and they would go into these establishments and threaten to shut them down permanently if they showed our film okay so i don't know if you've seen backs to the people's truth but it's all testimony it was the first of its kind of the testimony portion it was undeniable evidence they were talking about vaxxed and unvaxxed kids in the same family members like they have control groups in their own family and they're seeing all of these differences and they're the way they portrayed it and showed these families was absolutely incredible and it was so well done that it was in an instantaneous red pill every single person that watched that movie before we shut down 
in February of 2020. Yeah. So yeah, that's why they didn't want, they knew we were coming. They, they knew they were going to be shutting down, right? You had heard it in December. And now that we're so far ahead, we can look back and say, aha, you know, well, the censorship, like when they, when they go to censor certain things to me, that almost alerts me to maybe there's truth and merit in this. That's almost how I've been navigating the pandemic lately is, okay, what is the government or like Instagram and whatnot? What are they not wanting me to see when it says, you know, this post has misinformation. Are you sure you want to see it? Are you sure you want to follow this account or what? watch this documentary? It's like, mm, yeah, now I really want to see what they have to tell me. Um, so I'd be interested in, obviously, us as a student group, we've been really looking into how the COVID-19 vaccine has been affecting post-secondary students, young adults. Can you tell us a little bit about how it's been affecting younger children in that younger age category? Well, it, it's been affecting the younger kids the same way it is the older kids. I mean, these kids are coming down with myocarditis, and that's not heard of, you know? It, it, it's absolutely horrific what's taking place. That's heart damage at the end of the day. And doctors are making light of this by saying, oh, you know, it, it will go away. It, we're seeing that in all sorts of places. We have people messaging us regularly saying, you know, my doctor said my kids myocarditis or pericarditis is they'll grow out of it or it'll go away. And, and that's for life. What is going on? Mm -hmm blatantly lying to parents no no this is not a temporary ordeal like blood clots I can tell you my dad suffered nine blood clots or nine strokes after his Pfizer vaccine and nine. I literally kidnapped him out of the hospital because they tried to kill him after that what do you mean by that well um <laughs> my dad is a hall of fame bas baseball player he's a fastball player and he's played for Canada. He's played all over the world. And the um, last April, no, no, yeah, two Aprils ago now, um, he walked through my door and his skin was gray. And I said, you got that vaccine. And he said, oh, enough with your anti-vax crap, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, just stay away from my kids, okay? Because now this was at the point when we were figuring out it was uh, harmful to girls you know, their, their cycles, their reproductive organs. And, and we were just learning about shedding. We were just learning about it. We didn't know if it was real. We didn't know if it wasn't real. Now we know it's real. And now I'm down for social distancing. So just stay away from my kids, right? <laughs> Anyways, um, I wasn't going to argue with him about it. He, as soon as they said no travel, that was it. That was it for him. He... He wasn't going to get it, but that was, that was the key. And uh, he went back again in June, the end of June, and he started having fainting spells. So that's not like my dad. My dad is a six foot four, 300 pound muscle. Just nothing's going to drop this man. Okay. And I, he's, he's 69 years old now. He plays with 20 year olds. So that should give you an idea of the stamina and the athleticism and, and everything. Well, he flew off to Mexico on December the 3rd, um, not last year, the year before. And uh, he landed, he went for dinner. He went to bed, he got up, he had two strokes. Yeah, 
we come to find out later he's had nine in total but um he, his neck is filled with clots left and right left and right and they had to go in and do emergency surgery the side was fully fully um clogged and this one was 98 percent clogged um it took us a long time to get him home but we managed to yeah he's in mexico i guess during this treatment and everything that must have been quite an ordeal for your family just to have someone in a, in a foreign place i couldn't imagine so, and so not pardon being me, able to get to him right yeah. we weren't allowed yeah. to get to him yes and... not allowed to travel yes pardon me yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, something that I sorry just quickly to to speak to you, I find it really interesting that it's right after he traveled and had been on an airplane because I'm hearing of a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, who after right after landing after you know getting off a plane and whatnot, um, they suffer from a stroke or heart attack or you know yeah. like died in their sleep a lot. I've heard like several stories in the past couple of weeks my friend just died in Mexico or someone just died uh, when they went to like BC or something like it's, it's yeah. starting to connect. Is it after something to do with the altitude? The altitude. Yeah. I, I was sending him all kinds of articles and he literally unfriended me on Facebook. He's like, this is such garbage. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, we're not arguing. I'm just telling you, I know something's off. I can feel it. Just be careful. <laughs> So before he went in for surgery for the, when they, they had to go in and do angioplasty and whatever else, but mm -hmm. um, called me and, and he was telling me what was going on. And I, and I said, I told you, I told you this was going to happen, you know, and he finally, finally acknowledged, I, said, I know, I know, baby, you know, I love you. And oh. they're hoping to have me home on Friday. And I said, you're not coming home on Friday. <laughs> like, you know, but, and that's the last coherent conversation I've ever had with my dad up until mm. today type thing. But um, they got him home into Ontario and we went through multiple, multiple um, steps with regards to this. I was sneaking him in ivermectin, getting it on his feet to absorb. He was getting better. They were denying it. Um, he was looking at me. He was communicating with me. You know, they kept trying to pull the plug and get me to kill him and the whole nine oh yards. And I, to be fair, I was prepared to do that initially because we had sat down a few months earlier and we discussed our wishes and our plans and, you know, and and that's what he said. He always anticipated he was going to have a heart attack. He was going to throw a pump, and that was going to be the end. Of it. That's what yeah. he called. It, okay. <laughs> Real sports kind of line, yeah. Tough, tough right? Sports guy line, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, the doctor sit. I, I remember being beside him in the hospital room and holding his hand, and the doctor was across from his bed, and he's telling me, you know, this is not a quality of life for a man of this stature. Um, I think you need to sign a DNR and you have to, you know, be prepared because he's not going to make it. And the strokes have affected everywhere. It's in a spinal cord type thing and it's bilateral and deep. And so anything they could say, they said, and even the social worker was chasing me around the hospital and calling me constantly try trying to make this happen. And initially I signed the DNR, but when the doc, this doctor, the specific doctor sat down this day, and he had had probably two treatments of the ivermectin at this point, and a bunch of homeopathics as well. Um, dad was listening, and his eyes flew open, okay, in complete and utter terror. 
and he squeezed my hand to make sure I saw him looking and he looked at me like do not let them do this I am in here okay it terrified me I I I I went completely numb and completely just blank and uh I had to process what I thought I saw you know what I mean and but it happened how could you yeah follow through after something like that I canceled the DNR I canceled the I said you know what no I saw that I know I saw that you cannot convince me otherwise we're taking this off the table rip it up so they did that um but they kept saying you know he's not going to make it he's not going to do this he's but he kept moving up and they kept well he's a fighter too I'm sure right now keep in mind only one person is allowed in the hospital to visit for the duration of his stay for only two hours a day for someone with a stroke that is absolutely horrific and in some cases when it was worse these people were dying alone you have to remember that right yeah we had like, a doctor on recently, Dr. Phillips in Ontario, and he said that is actually one of the, the, the leading, can be the real leading cause. And when older people are left alone with an illness or by themselves, isolated, they need that connection. It is actually yeah. fundamental. And when that's lost, it can be, it can be devastating. So pardon me. Yes, continue. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. He kept progressing. He had to keep moving up the ranks. So he went from ICUA to ICUB. And from IC, and here's the kicker in ICUB, I think I spoke with about four nurses that asked if he was vaccinated. And I said, yeah, this happened after his vaccines. And they said, yeah, we're seeing tons of this heart attacks and strokes. And I said, thank you. Thank you for letting me know because I know, but I don't want to feel crazy. You know, I, I feel like a lone duck sitting in this pond of all of these indoctrinated, yeah, you know, poison poison. Yeah. I actually, just so you know, too, I get tons of messages from nurses saying this sort of stuff. Like, I can't really speak out about it. Or I had this private conversation with one of the doctors who agreed with me, but they can't really talk about it. It's just, it's shocking. So there are nurses who are seeing this and doctors who are seeing this and they know it's a result of the vaccine. It's insane. I also just want to add on. I mean, it's just fascinating to, to stop and to realize that I mean, we're really seeing this this basic divide in which the the medical system is is telling you how to go about caring for someone. It's not suggestions anymore, right? The old idea is that the medical mm-hmm. establishment or a doctor just suggests something. It's as far as they can go. They can't force you to do anything. But we've seen this kind of uh, denigration and, and pulling of our, our basic rights for 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 to control our own medical treatment process. I mean, it just sounds like this with your dad, right? Here's someone, his daughter, family member who knows, knows their father, right? Uh, as a parent knows a child, the child knows a parent and removing that, you know, beginning to, to create divides within that basic relationship. And, and that's such a fundamental aspect of care. So just for our listeners, I mean, it is something that that's not normal. At least that's not the way things are supposed to go. You know, people chasing around, getting you to, pushing uh, you? to try to do something. Yeah. Pushing you, doing things against your will. So, um, but regardless, so yes, your dad's moving up. He's Intimidation. getting better. Intimidation. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, he, he made it up to the stroke unit, which they said he'd never do. And and I even remember asking when he was in ICUB saying, you know, what do I need to bring him home? What What is it that I'm going to require to bring him home? And they continuously shoved me off. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources. You can't do it. You won't be able to do it. You need too much, you know, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. 
that's not what I asked you. I asked you what I need, you know? So I remember being in there the one day and just taking pictures of everything, all of the equipment, all of the equipment. And uh, I had no idea why I was doing it. I just was doing it. And within the last five years, everything I've done, I know has been divinely guided. I don't question it anymore. I know it sounds weird, but I don't question this anymore. I don't ask questions. I just go with what my gut is saying and what my head's saying, and I figure it out later. So anyways, the next day I go in to the stroke unit, the first day he's gotten there and he's so excited, you guys, he's starting to sit up. He's starting to try to talk. He's got a trach in his throat. Like he, you know, and, um, he's so proud of himself that this is, this is changing. He's progressing in the whole nine yards and said, dad, this mm-hmm. is it. After this step, you come home. This is it. I called the next day to make my appointment to go in. And they were like, uh, no, sorry, we're on shutdown. You can't come see your dad. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, yeah, no, no. COVID outbreak. No one's allowed in. Sorry. So when am I going to get to see my dad again? And they're like, yeah, we don't know. Bye. Like, it's not even like two weeks and then you can come short. No, nope. Nope. And oh, and the whole story is ridiculous. I'm telling you, if we get into the details, you'll be like, what? But but, um, four days later, they called the doctor called me to say, you know, you better prepare. He's going to be dying. He's he's palliative. His liver's shutting down. He's on insulin now. He's non-responsive. He's got COVID. He's this. He's that. So he's got COVID. Uh, if he's got COVID, shouldn't I have COVID? I'm the only one that's been in to see him. You know, and mind you, I'm walking in here with my fake, not my, my fake vaccine papers every day and nobody cares. So it's just ridiculous. And, and he was on so much Tylenol. It was shutting his Jeez, yeah. liver down oh, he's never been a diabetic in his entire life okay so the food that they were feeding him oh, or yeah. lack of the corn syrup blend it's appalling tube it's in appalling. his belly yeah yeah killing him it it required insulin at this point okay so long story short i flew into fight or flight mode i hired a team of the uh fired nurses i found a doctor to make house calls I wrote the letter saying, here's the equipment that I found. Here's what I have. It'll be here by Wednesday. We're sending transport for my dad. Have him ready. We're coming. And yeah, that this was on a Sunday night. I Right. The doctor called me Wednesday. It took me till Sunday to actually get it all pulled together. And um, so they received the letter that I sent late Sunday night, Monday, and they called me before eight o'clock in the morning, freaking out. Uh, are you coming today? I'm like, no, if you read the letter, you would see it says Wednesday. I'm giving you some time to have him ready and all like everything compiled and and whatnot. Oh, okay. I said, do I need to provide you with a nurse to transport him home with? No, no, no. He'll be fine. He's all good. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. Do I need to provide him with any equipment within the transport to get him home safely? Oh, no, no. And, And at this point he needs suction, right? Like, he needs a suction machine in the hospital and whatever else. But they were like, no, no, he's going four hours without it. He should be good. I said, okay, perfect. We'll be the, the transport will be there by 11 o'clock on 
um, on the Wednesday. They're like, okay, we're just going to need you to sign a bunch of papers. I said, I sign whatever you want. I don't care. He's out of there. So Wednesday comes and I get a phone call at 11 and it's the doctor again. And the doctor is saying, oh, yeah, no, we can't send your dad home. I said, oh, that's interesting. And why do you say that? And she's like, well, you didn't provide a nurse to transport with him on the way home. So we're, we we can't send him. That's liability. I said, well, that's funny because when my nurse and I called you the other day, you stated that I didn't need to provide one. Oh, no one would have said that here. Okay. And then she goes on to say, well, no, and and you need to make sure that there's a portable suction pump in the vehicle because for safety reasons. I said, well, that's funny as well, because that's specifically another question I asked you, you know, and she's like, no, we wouldn't have said that, blah, 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 on and on. Right. So I said, listen, you listen to me and you listen really well. I am going to be rebooking this transport for 4 p.m. I will be there. Every single one of my nurses will be there. You make sure that man is ready because this is the last day he stays. And we all hopped in the car and went to the hospital and my one nurse ran out, yep, dragged him out of a private room. They put him in a private room, okay? The man can't press a call button. He's drowning, drowning in mucus coming out of the, the tray call. Drowning, okay? And they wouldn't let us see any of his labs or his blood work or anything. So we were flying blind completely blind um we just needed to get him out of there 100 so my one nurse rolled him down and when he rolled down to the basement when we we were going out the back door to the transport his his stomach was touching the back of his spine his face looked like skeletor he was completely dehydrated he was completely malnourished i'm not i'm not even going to get into the bed sores the bed sores were from top to bottom they had completely neglected this man he had one bed sore on his coccyx when i left and now his entire body is covered in them okay absolute disgust his hair was everywhere like no one touched him they left him in a room to literally starve dehydrate and die and they knew what we were going to find out because that's why they they thought I was bringing him home to die. They didn't know I had hired a team. They didn't know we'd be able to see exactly what went on. So when we got him here and we saw everything. Why would they do that? Like what? I I just can't imagine how doctors and nurses who are meant to take care of patients could abuse a patient like that and neglect a patient like that. Kill a patient. Well, their administration them to now. Their administration tells them to now. We are administration heavy and care poor when mm-hmm. it should be the complete opposite. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you another thing. Administration shouldn't even have a seat if they haven't walked about 4,000 miles on that care floor either. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have boots on the ground, they shouldn't be in an administration role in a hospital or anywhere else that has to look after humans yeah, mm-hmm. or animals. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot because so from it, what I'm gathering, him having COVID probably played a large in them. He didn't have COVID. COVID. 
I, I would assume you probably, yeah. but them deeming this to be a situation in which someone is, uh, there's administrative protocol to treat a COVID patient yeah. in a certain way regard, mm -hmm. uh, leads to that lack of care or is one of the things which is, could, could lead to that appalling lack of care. Well, yeah. if he had COVID, they could just charge an extra 30,000 on his death, right? Any tests or things they did, they doubled if he had COVID. It's disgusting. He didn't have COVID. We ran tests on him when we got him home. There was no COVID. Unbelievable. No COVID. And I wouldn't have even run the test. Like, you know what I mean? But the nurses were here and they were a little worried. And I'm like, do what you need to do. Let's just make sure we know what's going on. You know? But he got home and once the drugs wore off, you could see the haze lift and his whole demeanor changed. Like, it, it was so heartbreaking and so enlightening all at the same time because you could see he finally felt safe mm. he's actually being taken care for and he could get better instead of just essentially disintegrate that's killing him and yeah. i mean i i don't doubt his eyes are completely open now oh they're open his nurses have made sure too <laughs> but well, he's still 24 7 care yeah he's yeah. still two, he's tube fed so he doesn't get any of that garbage i make all of his food and we blend it up and we feed it through his tube he's thriving he's thriving mm. right his blood is perfect there's no there's no the d-dimers are perfect his organs are perfect that of a 25 year old that never drank his hair is turning black again he's going backwards in age okay everywhere else but his brain but yeah. Because 69 really isn't that that old. 69 no. is, you shouldn't, yeah, it's, it's not at a, a completely, it's not past the median age of death, at least, which is, I believe, over 83 years old. So 69 is still very much a fit, the fit guy, 69, um, very much in the game there. Can you just oh, yeah. retouch on, because I think such a fascinating thing you, brought, you talked briefly on was the diet in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, this sounds yeah. quick. You know what? People, yeah. You? Love to hear, hear so more about it. This is the garbage that the government provides you. And this is what they feed your loved ones in the hospital. Jevity 1.2 or same as insure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the first, yeah. the first ingredient is corn syrup. Mm. Wow. So this is what they're feeding cancer patients. This is what they're feeding people that can't like feed themselves. <laughs> You're feeding disease. You are feeding yeah. illness. You are feeding disease. Yeah, if the disease is thriving, if the disease doesn't kill you, that that would. I mean, it's yeah. like that that level. Yeah, they were giving you junk. one of these a day. One, okay, just one. And I can't even see it anymore because I'm blind at this time of day. So I apologize, <laughs> you guys. I don't even know how many calories this is anymore. But it's not a lot, not at all. It's yeah. terrible. Incredible. So. We Corn eliminated all chemical. Yep, all chemical we eliminated, all dairy, all wheat, all sugar mm -hmm. out the window, right? So it's protein and vegetables yep. and fruit and nuts. So basically, I guess it would be like paleo. I've never really yeah. done paleo, so I don't yeah. know if I'm on the right track there, but um, he started gaining weight. We got him off. He's off all of his meds except half a blood thinner now. He came with 12 different medications when he arrived. Amazing. He's off everything. Um, he progresses. He's 24-7 care. Like I said, he's either in his bed or he's in his wheelchair. Yeah. Um, Do you think yeah. about all the patients in the hospital and, and how many people are being treated like this and don't have someone like you to advocate for them? Um, it's unbelievable. But if you 
feed someone a proper diet that supports their immune system, their immune system can fight these things off and they can recover and get better, or at least, you know, better than if they're being fed corn syrup. Like that's just, right. Well, I'll tell you another little thing. When he came home, I got a call from the pharmacy and they were like, Oh, we have 80 cases for him. The government funds his food. Like, I'm sorry, what? I don't want 80 cases of this. He's not getting one. Like if anything's going on, I'm going to go shoot these cans out in my field. (laughs) No, keep it. Give it to somebody who will actually drink it. That's a fascinating government approach. The government pays for the food for for home care. uh, uh, Wow, interesting, interesting. They won't pay for diapers, but they'll pay for the food that will kill them. Well, and the food that I, I assume would eventually uh, need cause a, a human to need more um, medication to counteract counteract the food. Your dad, you had mentioned it, touching on because it's you know for a young guy in a university, it's a unique aspect. You said he, he didn't didn't drink for many years. Is that what I, I heard? Oh no, he was a drinker. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. No, my yeah, dad so, was yeah. a drinker. My dad was okay. a partier. My dad yeah, was the one yeah. party. You know, <laughs> but. When we had his blood test, his blood work done probably a good month ago now, everything came back. It's been improving, improving, improving. Mm. D-dimers were still kind of fairly high there, but now they're good. There's no more clotting. Mm. It's gone. Um, You know, and like I said, his liver's perfect. Everything is perfect. Like he never drank a day in his life. And his his hair, I said, went from gray and it's turning black again. It's insane. I can't even believe it. So if we can... It's just like these grassroots studies that are happening all over the place. If we're just empowered enough to remember that community in order to take care of our family, you know, we have to move backwards in order to move forwards, but we have to move backwards and forwards through our heart. Mm -hmm. 100%. And they need to be around people like this isolate number one, feeding them things like that, isolating them someone's just going to deteriorate and, and pass. Um, but okay. Uh, to, we did have quite a number of other topics we wanted to get to. So I, I'm going to shift it a little bit. Um, big, we kind of discussed big pharma and their power, um, seems to be way too much. Uh, how did we get here to this place where big pharma is sort of controlling and what economic and social shifts have led to this industry's power? It's been it's been a slow progress. It's been a slow drip. So people can't see it coming, you know. And like I said, unless you were awakened to it before all of this, you would have just blown it off like some legislative decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew something was coming when they changed the exemption forms for school to m- make the parents criminally liable if anything happened to their kid, right? Like why did we need to add that all of a sudden? Okay. And then they were having more um, meetings at for, for Toronto Health and whatnot and bringing in people from all over the country now. So what was going to happen? What was happening? Because this vaccine topic was, was picking up speed. We wanted debates on safety. And they kept saying we were crazy, right? They don't need to justify our questions with answers because blah, 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 blah. But it all goes back to Rockefeller. You know, yeah. Rockefeller first came into Ontario, Canada. I think it was with a $600,000 donation to the University of Toronto, mm-hmm. right? Which is now what? <laughs> yeah. 
pharmaceutical central. It's where it's where all of our globalist um, health. I didn't even know that. Food. That's interesting. You know what's funny that you even you guys bring this up because we're actually I'm working on a movie right now with director Todd Harris, and yes, yeah, uh, we're Todd, covering yeah. the um, medical corruption in Canada, the history from when it began until now and how we got here and how people fell into the trap so we're hoping it comes out by the end of the summer if not oh, cool. early, early um fall so that's a great question amazing, amazing. Find all the Ted did such a great job with uninformed consent which which we watch mainly and and, and our group and um it really does help I mean it's so it's so crucial to know the progression, because if you're just kind of awakening to it, it, it's so shocking that to think that we're in a situation where there has been such a shift of power uh, away from the individual's choice for fully an ability to uh, have fully informed consent, um, you know, basic medical rights. Mm -hmm. And but it, it helps to know because, you're, like you said, it has been a, a, a long progression. Um, it would lead to ask also ask, I mean, as, as a follow up to this, you'd said we you have to move back before we can move forward in kind of a larger general scope, what would be a solution to, to regaining this kind of power, individual power in regards to health? I think people just need to respect other people and their decisions. I mean, I mm -hmm. never attacked people for wanting to vaccinate. It's a personal decision. It's a, it's a journey on their own. They will learn the lessons if they're, if their eyes are open on the way. You know, um, just like mine were closed, mine were shut tight. You know, I was one of those jerks that was like, that parent's crazy. Oh, I don't want my kid playing with that kid. Right. And and look how that turns. It's full circle. And karma's a thing. Karma is a thing. <laughs> so yeah, I just to move back, I, I just I wish we've been so disempowered. Disempowered as individuals disempowered as a community disempowered like you can go up the chain and back the chain we're disempowered everywhere mm. right we've given our our thoughts to the man in the white coat because he should know better than us whereas we know we can read a book just as well as he can he just spent money to do it mm. you know and yeah okay he's got his feet on the ground but when you have someone yanking your collar from the top saying you're not allowed to give this person this and you're not allowed to do your job the way you want to and you're not allowed to say anything or we'll take your license that should be a red flag right there in itself huge right yeah. Yeah. but nobody wants to nobody wants to address the elephant in the room yeah, yeah. i have to say once i started to like i, I was pretty asleep at the beginning of the pandemic, I started seeing like 2016 issues with the media and like lies and censorship and stuff like that. But I really woke up to, I had no idea about the pharmaceutical issues and the amount of corruption we're seeing today. Definitely opened my eyes up to it, but I felt free, honestly, once I, I did learn about it, like it wasn't almost a scary thing. It was like, okay, well now I see it. That means I can do something about it. Like if I, I just didn't know when I was in the dark, it would have just been this thing kind of creeping closer and closer until it really impacted my life, right? But now I can actually take action and do something about it. And, and that's kind of where we need to get people to um, wake them up and get them to see that this is a real thing and that you need to take ownership of your health and 
uh, look into these things and ask questions and, and then we go from there. But uh, anyways, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Unless Sheldon, did you have another question? But I feel like solution based is kind of a good spot to. Uh, I think on. so too. Yeah, you really, really eloquently put there as, as the solution, and and uh, yeah, we thank you for all the hard work you and 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 Children's Health Defense Fund are doing. Maybe we can just, I mean, we'll put a link to Children's Health Defense Fund in um in our, our description of the video. Is there any way to sign up to get involved maybe uh, young people particular might like oh, to, to know gosh, about of students course. we have we have a bunch of initiatives coming up we've been slow on the draw just because of all kinds of new things that pop up all the time right but uh we've got chdc kids coming which is a new initiative we're doing that we're trying to empower the kids themselves um we have a, a bunch of projects but we'd like to hear from the kids themselves you know, we'd like them to provide some solutions and we as the adults will kind of shield them from the turmoil that comes along with it. I mean, we've taken it so we can be guard dogs too, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I know I can. So <laughs> you can, you can sign up at childrenshealthdefense.ca and it's defense with an S it's the American spelling. I know, but uh, yeah, CA and you can sign up for our newsletter and you know we'll always take donations because we've got movies and all kinds of stuff coming up but uh yeah all of our members are volunteers nobody takes any money because we haven't solved any of the world's problems yet so until then you know there's there's just no way no there's way work there's work yeah. to do that's right and okay, so all those are going to be down in the, the description below for our <laughs> listeners. And thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys, for having me.